Ladies and gentlemen, federal employees, welcome. Today's episode is critical, a critical piece of for you understanding how taxes are going to affect you in retirement and the five things you can do to reduce those taxes. Now, if you're new here, welcome. Great to have you. My name is Dallin Hawes. I'm a financial planner who serves federal employees just like you because my goal is that you can have an incredible retirement where you retire comfortable and confident. Every piece of this, whether it's your TSP, whether it's taxes, whether it's social security, whether it's whatever it is, your RPHB, I want to make sure you get the most of your benefits. So let's dive right in. So I'm going to give a overview of the problem that you may not know you are going to have in retirement and the overview, how the system works, and then five strategies on how to reduce your taxes on your social security. Okay, let's do that. Now, when we talk about taxes on your social security, it can get a little confusing, but here's one of the most critical things to understand. There are two types of taxes that you might owe on your social security. Number one, state income taxes. Now, the good news is starting in 2023, there's going to be about 39 states who do not tax social security at all. So if you live in one of those states, you're good to go on the state level, you won't owe any taxes on your social security. Now, I'll put a link below um, to a link where it shows all those 39 states and you want to check it out. And the rules change over time. For example, Colorado um, used to tax part of Social Security in 2023. They are currently um, not going to do that anymore. So things change. You want to make sure you're on that and, and make sure your state is good to go for you. Okay, Many people actually move to states where the there is very few income taxes. Now, the states are kind of broken up into different different categories. There's some states who don't have any income tax at all, so therefore they're not going to have income tax on Social Security because they don't have income tax at all. There's other states who specifically say, hey, look, we do have have an income tax, but we're going to let you exclude your Social Security income. There's different elements you want to make sure for your state. You understand exactly how it works, okay? So that is that. So that is on the state level, whether or not you're going to pay taxes on your Social Security. Now, what I'm going to focus on the majority of our time today is on the federal level because that is where the biggest taxes are are often levied, okay? And the biggest strategies we have to avoid them are on the federal level. And every state and every state, no matter where you live in the United States, you're you're going to owe federal taxes on your Social Security unless you do some of the things that we talk about today, okay? So let's go, let's dive into it. So long story short, it's critical to understand how this works. So for somebody to owe taxes on Social Security, their income has to be above certain limits, okay? Now, basically what they use, when they say your income has to be over certain limits, they're not just talking about normal income. It's kind of a weird formula. This is what they do. They take all your normal income. Let's say taking money from your TSP. Let's say your pension. Anything that is just normal taxable income They take all that, they add it together, okay? Then you also have to add any income that you might have from municipal bonds. Now, if you never heard of municipal bonds, basically those tend to be tax-free, which is really, really nice. That's one of the huge benefits of municipal bonds. However, for this formula, they're actually added back in, okay? So for example, if you took $10,000 out of your TSP, your pension was $40,000, so that's $50,000, maybe you had $10,000 from municipal bonds, so you'd have $60,000 of this sort of income um, that um, they look at. Now, they also actually add into this formula half of your Social Security income. So if you are drawing 30 grand a year from Social Security, they're gonna add that in, so about 15,000 
from that as well. So once you, once they add all those things together, again, just your normal income, talking pension, um, TSP withdrawals, those sort of things, plus half of your Social Security, plus any non-taxable um, income like municipal bonds, those are going to be all added together. And this is the total income that they're going to look at when determining how much of your Social Security is going to be taxed. That's how it works. Now, I know, I know it's hard to visualize all of this. So definitely, if you want to get some visuals, just Google how is Social Security taxed and you'll get some websites that'll walk you through the visuals if you are a visual person. Okay, I'll talk you through it as best I possibly can and we'll go from there. Okay, so th that's basically how it works when it comes to um, how to determine what income they look at to see how much of your Social Security is going to be taxed. And this is how it works. If you're a single filer, you file your taxes as an individual. If you have less than $25,000 of that combined income from that formula we were just talking about, less than $25,000, then your Social Security won't be taxed at all. That's the good news, okay? Now, for you as a federal employee, the odds of that happening, in my opinion, are very, very low because you're fortunate. You have often Social Security, potentially for supplement, um, your pension, TSP. You may even have a military retirement. You may have rentals. The odds of you having less than $25,000 in my opinion, is very, very low. Now, that's a good problem to have, right? Because it means you have more than $25,000 worth of income, but it also means your Social Security is going to be taxed at least to some degree, okay? So how it works is, if your combined income, based on the formula we were just talking about, is between $25,000 and $34,000, then up to about half of your Social Security is going to be taxed, okay? Up to half of your Social Security is going to be taxed. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to take back half of it, but what it means is, up to half your Social Security benefit, it's gonna add it, be added into your taxable income, okay? It's gonna increase your taxable income, um, at least half your Social Security, okay? Now, if you're, again, a single filer and you make more than 34,000, then up to 85% of your Social Security benefits are gonna be taxed. Um, again, it doesn't mean they're gonna take 85%, it means that the 85% is gonna be added into your taxable income, okay? So that's kind of the ranges. If you are a single filer and make under 25,000, you owe zero, and then in between 25 and 34, you owe about 50%. And then above 34, it is 85% of your Social Security is going to be taxable. Okay, so that is on as a single filer. Now, if you are married, if you file a joint return, the numbers are a little different. Basically, you can make up to 32,000 and owe zero. Okay, next between 32 and 44, it is the 50% mark where half of your Social Security would be taxable. And then above 44 is when about 85% of your Social Security is going to be taxed, okay? Now, again, after this, once we get a general idea of how this works, I'm gonna talk about the five areas and the five things you can do to reduce how much you owe. But for now, this is this is the category, okay? So long story short, let me give you my taxes speech. People get so worked up about taxes, and believe me, I am all for trying to reduce your taxes in as many ways as possible to keep as much money in your pocket as possible. I am all for that. But we have to remember, Whenever we make a lot of money, the odds of us paying zero taxes are, are very low, okay? We have to pay some taxes, and often when we make a lot of money, our taxes are relatively high, but we made a lot of money, right? So it, it's a give and take there, okay? So basically, long story short, the more income you make, the higher percentage of your Social Security is going to be taxable. Now, what are some things you can do so that you pay less in taxes on your Social Security, right? Well, number one, this one's kind of obvious, but you could delay Social Security. You don't have to take Social Security, let's say, right at 62 or at 67 or 65. You can delay till 70. Now, the benefits could be bigger then, and you want to make sure that actually makes sense for your plan. And there's tons of strategies, and I've got videos on this on when you should start Social Security. 
um, but you don't have to take it right away if you don't want to. You could definitely wait. Now, um, the next strategy that we have is to reduce how much normal income we have so that when they look at your combined income uh, for the formula we, we talked about previously, you just have less and so less of your Social Security is going to be taxable. And there's a couple ways to do this. Number one, you can get money from a Roth account. For example, Roth IRA, Roth TSP. Now, if, if you're not familiar with these accounts, long story short, you put money in tax-free, so you don't get a tax deduction for putting money in, but in retirement, when you retire and you're taking money out, it comes out tax-free and it does not increase your combined income when it comes to your Social Security. So it might keep your Social Security income and taxes down just by pulling money more from the Roth side of things, if you have Roth. Now, if you don't, I've got videos on whether you should or not, so definitely check that out as well, okay? So there's a Roth IRA, Roth TSP, Roth 401k, anything like that can be super, super helpful. Um, number two, HSA, a health savings account, can be incredibly helpful. And I've got a whole video on that, and there's a link below to check that out on whether that makes sense for you. Because long story short, in HSA, you get twice as much benefit. You can put money into an HSA pre-tax, meaning get a tax deduction. And then when it comes out later, you, you don't pay taxes on it. You get, you get benefit on both ends, which is incredibly rare, incredibly rare. So check it out. There's, there's some gotchas there. It doesn't make sense for everyone, but it can. If it does make sense for you, it is an incredible tool. So definitely check that out. That's number two. Taking money from an HSA can be super, super helpful. Now, next, if you have a non-retirement account, like a brokerage account where you have investments. So this is just a normal, let's say, investment account over at a investment firm or wherever, a non-retirement account. So a non-IRA, non-TSP, anything that's not a retirement account. If you have investments, so let's just do an example, okay? Let's say you have invested in Apple over, you know, at in a brokerage account somewhere. Well, we know you only pay taxes on Apple, right? This Apple stock that you own, um, you only pay taxes on it if it grows and you sell it for more than you bought it for. That's when you pay taxes, okay? So what often, especially really wealthy people do, is what they do when they want income, but they don't want to increase their taxable income, is let's say you have five different stocks, okay, in this brokerage account, and you want to sell the stocks that have actually gone down in value. Right. So if you, let's say, bought Amazon for $20 a share and then you sold it for 18, do you owe any taxes? No, you don't. You actually get it. You get some tax benefits because you lost money. Technically, you bought it for 20, you sold it for 18. But let's say you had $20,000 worth of Amazon. You can take that 20,000 and use it without it increasing your taxable income. Now, this, again, only works in a non-retirement account. But long story short, it's about selling the losers in the short term and letting your winners go. So in the short term, boom, you are paying less in taxes. You're not increasing your taxes. So food for thought. There's definitely a strategy there on when we sell things and um, how that all works together. Okay, that's number three. Um, number four, um, and I guess there's only four. I counted um, the HSA and a Roth kind of together, but total there's five, but let's just say there's, there's four main strategies, okay? The last big strategy is using rentals. So rentals can be super, super powerful because... Let's say they are producing money every month, meaning after you pay for, let's say, the mortgage on the rental or all the expenses, maybe it produces money, right? But with real estate, you know you can get depreciation, 
right? Where over time, basically, you could have that cash coming in from the rental. You could be making money, but because of the depreciation, it may not affect your taxes at all, especially at the beginning to middle of owning the property, right? So that could be super, super powerful of having income without it actually increasing your, your taxes on your social security and your taxes in general. So those are the thoughts today. I hope that's helpful. If you have any follow-up questions, put in the comments below. We try to take the comments that you put and use that to create future content that we know you guys are going to be interested in. So definitely share. And in the description, there's tons of great resources for you that most of them are which are completely free that you can get the most out of your benefit to retire comfortable and confident. So have an incredible rest of your day. We'll talk soon.